This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash be here now. Just being in the presence or a few words of guidance from mom, you know, they would be a, a magical transformation, a magical healing. So when I say redeem, I would say that Ma and Maharaj incarnated on earth to remove the negativity, the painful negativity of the effects of the Kali age. People were saying darkness. Ma and Maharaj came as rays of light, rays of hope and abundance of love, which every heart received. And that love worked the miracle. Welcome to my podcast on Be Here Now Network. This is a very special episode that I recorded when I was in India in May this year, 2022, right after it felt safe to travel during this pandemic time. I left for India and the first person who I went to see there is Jaya Prasada, my elder guru sister, who is the author of this book. Shri Siddhima. The subtitle is The Story of Neem Karoli Baba's Spiritual Legacy. I met Jaya um, in 1998, the very first time that I had my first darshan with Shri Siddhima. And I have always felt uh, a kindred sisterhood with her. And um, it was really beautiful to spend time with her and to talk to her about the book and also outside the book. Now, because we hadn't really planned this recording, um, we did it with iPhones. My daughter Uma helped me, and we were sitting out on the patio where Ma used to sit. So though it seems very serene for us when we're sitting out there, um, actually you will get to hear a lot of familiar sounds of an Indian household in the hills. Everything from crows to the pressure cooker, uh, people walking on the street, a car driving by with music. So I hope you will forgive those sounds. We've done our best to um, 
you know, um, try to remove those sounds as much as possible, but also to make it more audible what it is that Jaya and I are, are talking about. If you are listening to this in audio only, please know that we do have this on video with captions on the Be Her Now Network podcast page. So you're welcome to come and take a look over there. Okay. I hope you'll enjoy and thank you so much for listening and for being with us. Jai Sitaram. Jai Ma. Namaskar. This is Dina Rao from Be Here Now Network. And I am so overjoyed and honored to be coming to you from the beautiful retreat home of Sri Sukhima, which she named Tirtha. I am here with her companion, devoted companion of 37 years, who took care of Sri Siddhima and immersed herself in her divine presence and was with her when Ma took her last breath in this home. My dear Guru sister, my elder Guru sister, Jaya Prasad. Thank you for being here today. <laughs> and we're here, of course, to talk about her much-awaited book, I know all of you have been asking me to hear more about Sri Siddhima and what better place to find it. But in Jaya's debut book entitled Sri Siddhima, the story of Neem Karoli Baba's spiritual legacy. So much of the book in the beginning is about Ma and Maharaj and also Ma's early life and her association with Sri Jivanti Ma and also her life as a householder for a few years. After that, Jaya goes on to talk about Ma's ashram activities and the time that they spent on yatra, or spiritual pilgrimage. Thereafter, she talks to us about this retreat home, this beautiful home where Ma actually would be a darshan on this very porch that we're sitting on. And we would be sitting out there with this view of the Kumar Hills and the town in the valley below called Nelitan. And at the very end, we get a glimpse of the revelation of the divinity of Sri Siddhima. I won't say more, because we're going to have to read the rest. So, Jaya, when I saw you a couple of years ago or more, with COVID, I don't know where the time has gone. But after Ma left, I asked, when would you share your stories of her with us? And you said to me, I'm waiting for the right time, I'm waiting for the sign. So what was that sign for you? So Nina, I would put it this way, you and most of the devotees, the people that came to Ma, saw my life with Ma when she was there, her divine presence was physically present. It was minute to minute, I'd say it was second to second. And I had no time, no eyes for anything else. It was after Ma's Mahasamadhi, I suddenly, after many, many years, I found time on my hands. And I felt that many who came to Ma could not really see the, her depth. Why? Because Ma always stayed back, never chose to reveal herself. So it was hard for everyone to, you know, get a deeper insight into her. What I was waiting for, I was waiting for 
a spring to burst forth in my heart. And if you ask me why I wrote this book, it's the deep desire within me to share with everyone that came my way the endless love that I received from her. Gina, can you share with us how the change occurred? You made me laugh the other day by self-proclaiming yourself as an Angrese. <laughs> how did this transition occur from that jail to the one who was traditional path of dedication to a saint? So, so let me tell you about the Angrese bit of it first. Yes. Perhaps it was, we, as I've written in the book, we were a traditional Hindu family, but we had a very westernized outlook. My education was in uh, English schools. Therefore, I was exposed more to Western culture. It was just the Indian culture at home that I knew of. And how from one life to the other, it's, it was no marked change. It was not intended. It was not uh, pre-planned. It was not a commitment, not a resolve. It was just a slow, smooth transition. And from the joys of my youth, the enthusiasm of my younger days, into a life of serenity and peace. And that too, at the feet of a living saint. So it was like moving away from the mundane into a new cosmos, which I did not know even existed. So I would say the whatever came in my life, it was preordained. Call it Disney if you like. Jaya, mummy was very important to you. Mummy, your mother, who we affectionately call mummy as well. <laughs> How was she a support for you? How did she encourage you on this path? She, mummy, was perhaps the biggest influence, I suppose everyone's mother is. But when you're talking about mummy, mummy was the biggest influence in my life. The spiritual aspect of me, certainly, she was a source. She was being a very spiritual person herself. Like, I'll just give an example that for a morning puja, she would decide the Durga Saptati. And I, as a child, maybe I was in bed or maybe I was playing in the room, but the sounds permeated my brain. And by the time I was, say, 13, 14, I knew that Durga Saptati shlokas almost by heart. So that is how it all started. Then my early schooling, I was sent to uh, my grandfather. And I lived in his house, and my grandfather, again, was a very spiritually inclined person who owned a personal library of just spiritual books. And there were about three to 500 books. And it was just he and me in the house. And that is how I started, you know, reading all kinds of books, you know. Uh, not so much the scriptures, but you know, biographies of saints, lives of saints, quotes and sayings, things like that. So that all that built up. Now the change in my life, of course, it's very natural. See, there's a child in the family with a very promising future, full of life, full of enthusiasm, and uh, 
very fond of uh, things like photography and driving and going up the mountains mm -hmm. and uh, sports and friends and all that. Suddenly, taking a turn for the life, I would not say renunciation, but yes, giving up this world for another. It was a bit strange for the family, which was mainly my mother and my two elder brothers. They were apparently disturbed, but as always, never hurt my feelings. I was the youngest, spoiled and pampered. So, so that was it. It was my mother. It was my mother who spoke up at last. And she told my brothers, she said, look, there's something I firmly want to say. Watch her. Don't stop her. See how she goes ahead. And if she's happy and if she finds the life fulfilling, do not deter her. Do not stop her because there's no life better than this. And as we all know, later, mommy too came to Ma and lived with Ma. And, and you share in the book about when that happened, when you saw Ma and you're being drawn towards Kenji. Yes, yes. It, it was a moment. Yeah. It was not a process. It was not a transition. It was a moment in my life. And it was clear. It was clear. There was no thinking. There was no looking back. There were no doubts. There were no pros and cons. This was it. It was her. Okay? She stole my heart. So, Jaya, when I first came to Kenji, I came looking for feeling the presence of Maharaji that I had felt back in the United States when I first heard Krishna sing. And I was so disappointed when I learned that Maharaji had left the body. You know? So I thought, I'm going to come to Kenji and at least be in the place where these people had this darshan of Maharaji. It was at that time that Krishna said to me, well, if you're going, then you must meet Sri And I didn't really know what to expect. I arrived there in my first darshan with her. My vision was of her in the room, but in the presence of Maharaji. But then, over the years, I developed a different relationship with her, such that I call her my guru. And in all the time, though, that I was with her, she never once said, I say this, I think this. It was always she referred everything back to Maharaj, every single time. So much so that there was a time when actually you were walking her across the courtyard and it was raining. And she was just holding her sari up just a little bit, her dhoti up. Yeah, she did that. And yeah. I looked at her feet, and I looked at her feet, and they were Maharaji's feet. So many have done this the way you, you did. Yeah so, yeah. so, can you share a little bit more about the, the way in which she, her relationship with Maharaji, we all know she took care of him for many, many years. And there are stories told about how Maharaji viewed Maharaji. But from your perspective, what, what kind of a relationship do you think they have? See, Nina, this is a bit hard to answer. 
I had Maharaji's darshan as a child. So I am through the eyes of a child. Of course, the blessings started pouring then only. But it was not in my awareness. Then a whole, say, couple of decades passed when I went through the grind in the world, <laughs> studies, so on, so forth. And, and then when Ma appeared in my life. So connecting the two physical presences is not so easy. But I would say, where does the question of the relationship between the two arise? When two have merged, when they have beautifully blended into one. So where's the relationship? It is like when Ma starts, Maharaj stops, and when Maharaj stops, Ma starts. So thousands of people came to, they, they wanted to feel Maharaj's presence, and they came in Ma's presence. And Ma's words, Ma's uh, constant repetition of Maharaji, Maharaji, Maharaji said this, Maharaji did this. She reincarnated Maharaj in their hearts, in their eyes, and in KG. KG was, was, I would say, infused with the presence, the being of Maharaj. So nobody felt the vacuum once they were with Ma. Well, many devotees have actually said this to me. Yes. You know, that after Maharaji left the body. Yes. When, and when, when Ma left the body, they said, who, who yes. will hold Maharaji in the way that she did? Okay. Many devotees have said that to me, so I can understand. So something beautiful has happened. The way uh, Ma held Maharaji after his Mahasamadhi, after Ma's Mahasamadhi, it is my strong feeling that Maharaj is holding Ma mm. and holding her up. For many people, we experienced two aspects of Ma. One aspect of her as a fully surrendered Bhakti devotee. And then at other times, she would appear as the one divine supreme being, as if they're two separate things. Did you have that type of experience? Or, and if you did, how would you reconcile them? Well, uh, Nina Ma always came forth as the torchbearer of Maharaji. She carried forth Maharaji's mission on earth, which is perhaps the main thing to redeem mankind. That is what Maharaji had come for. And that was what Maha did moment to moment. You saw it, everybody saw it. Now, Mahara, Ma was always bowing to Maharaji. Complete surrender. Complete surrender comes with total self-realization. And Ma was a self-realized soul. It was there. But yes, you are right. Sometimes our perspective shifted. And from the devoted disciple of Maharaj, she emerged as the all-powerful mother. And that is perfectly in line because as we read at the end of the book, Maharaj, Ma Anand Mai, uh, uh, Bhagavati Mai, 
और प्रोक्लेम्ड हा एज द मदर यूनिवर्स द जगत जननी एंड देन दैट इज व्हाट शी प्रेजेंटेड हरसेल्फ एज एट दोस मोमेंट्स दैट्स हाउ यू सो एंड दैट्स यूनिक ही फोर्सिंग टू बेस सो जय व्हेन यू से दैट महाराजी अरुणा केम अबाउट द नेक्स्ट ईयर टू रिडीम मैनकाइंड Can you describe a little bit of what their activities were like? How were they helping the devotees, the people who came to them, who sought refuge in them? How was that? See, ah, uh, Mina, much was on the same level, and much, much more was unseen. It, they did it. It happened without claiming that they did it, and without us saying that it had happened. so again it's very hard to give precise examples but as you know i was with ma when she was in audience when she was being darshan day in and day out i saw the suffering of the people the misery that they were being subjected to not deserving it yet getting the worst of it there's hardly a eye that had no tears there's hardly a heart that had no pain and it was amazing it was amazing either just being in the presence or a few words of guidance from uh, you know they would be a a magical also transformation you know a magical healing so when i say redeem i was saying that ma and maharaj incarnated on earth to remove the negativity the painful negativity of the effects of the kali age people were saying darkness ma and maharaj came as rays of light rays of hope and abundance of love which every heart received and that love worked the miracle <laughs> one of the things i've seen in common from what maharaj shared with people yeah. and ma then she accentuated it even more in my time yeah. was that in this age yes our kamina the practice that was going to help us the most is repetition of the name yes and you've referred to this as nam sam yes so can you share some instances of ma you know instructing people in this way ma you know विधि का लिखा अंक मिटा देता है राम नाम हैज द पावर टू चेंज डेस्टिनी राम नाम हैज द पावर टू एलिवेट सफरिंग सो चांद द नेम ऑफ राम देन एज यू नो महाराज वॉज अवतार हनुमान जी एंड महाराज हिमसेल्फिस on the recitation of the hanuman chalisa part yes. and ma would say hanuman chalisa chalisa is the veda of hari 
next to Hanuman Chalisa was the Sundar Kaat. That is the story of Hanuman Jiyadeh. From Ram Chalitra Maharas, Tulsi Ram Chalitra Maharas Mahasi, in search for Sita, you know, So, and it's interesting, you know, Ma was very close about everything, but Jivanti Mataji, one day, talking to me, she said, Yes, Anuman Chalisa is very bad, but when Ma tells somebody to do the Anuman it becomes a powerful mantra which is empowered by Ma. And I felt that when Ma told you to do something, you did it. Mm-hmm. I had that experience. You had it. I so I need to say more. And I'm sure there are many yes. who are with us just now Absolutely. would share this with us. 100%. 100%. I hear her words in my ears all the time and the sound of her voice. And the way she very sweetly yeah. but firmly sometimes also firmly. shared. Yeah, firmly. Yeah, firmly shared. But with so much love and kindness. So it, it was very interesting. Uh, you know, when I first came to Ma, I mean, Hanuman Chalisa and Sundar Khan were totally new to me. And I would come to them. And I had very little time. I had to rush back home very, very early days. And as I was about to leave, Ma would say, Remember to do Hanuman Chalisa, do Hanuman Chalisa. Eleven times would be good in the morning. <laughs> and I would do pranam and get up. And uh, Jivanti Mataji would say, Why eleven times? Hundred and eight times. Was there? Oh, yes, Ma. Yes, I'll do it. And I'm walking backwards, you know. And on Tuesdays, or maybe every day, do the Sundar Khan. Yes, why not? So that's how, that's how my day was planned as I was backing out the room. Right. Right. So we had we were fortunate. You of course spent so much time with Ma. See, one man club yes. uh, in club then. Yes. Time does not matter with them. It may be a second. True. It may be a lifetime. True. So time is not a matter. Just remember that. I agree. Yeah. I agree because I had very short moments of time with yeah. her. Yeah. I did see her yeah. you know, almost every year. Yeah. But it was enough to carry me through the rest of the year that I wasn't with her. And then when she left her physical body, I felt like I still entered into her home through the practice. She gave us that. She gave us that refuge by creating this space for us. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now. 
you know, many, many, after mother leaving a physical body, many felt her presence more close to them, more equilibrium. It was a constant thing in their life now. And there was no effort required to reach out to, to her because she was there all the time. All the time right? They, she was there all, they were, she was there all the time. I think for me, because I knew I had just a little bit of time with her, yes. that the rest of the time I was without her, I had to be in that space anyway. There were times, you may, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a time when she decided that we were not going to go back to Delhi the way that we had planned. She had a different plan for us. So, of course, we listened. But as a result of that, she packed had some food packed for us, prasad for us. And this still moves me so much because when I opened the basket, you told me, Ma has packed this food. She oversaw everything. And in there was a little dibba of salt. And that just touched me so much that she should even think that we would want this. So this kind of care and consideration for every detail, for everything, Everything. Yeah, yeah, Nina, for everyone. Yeah. In in my book, there's a chapter. I could just mention a few who were really disregarded by society, who were really not looked upon in a very acceptable way, you know. So their presence was a bother to them. Ma loved them. Ma cared for them. Ma cared for their needs. In the Darshan room, all kinds of people came, the rich, the poor, the wealthy, and everything. But Ma was so intuitive, intuitive to the pride of each one, to the pain of each one, and the prestige of each one. She honored the, the high-ups, but she loved the others as well and kept everybody somehow on the same level. So what are we saying, how she cared for everyone? Yeah. Well, Nina, for me, the perhaps the best thing in the creation of God is the mother. We start with the mother that gives us birth, you know. Ask anybody, your mother, oh, I love my mother. What is the mother? So when the divine incarnates in the form of a mother, the love and the compassion that that divine mother gives just multiplies a thousandfold. It just envelops you. You are in the cocoon of her love. You feel the warmth, the sweet of the sounds. I'm sure each one of us had it in our lives. And you talk about personal care. Uh, there's a little that I've written uh, on the chapter on the night of 14th June. How mother was awake the whole night, even sensitive to the cries of babies in the courtyard. And she would be, you know, immediately up, wanting to find out if the baby was cold, she would send a baby blanket. If the baby needed milk, she ensured that there was warm milk for the child. You know, these little things, people still shed tears over them. And she did that for us, us old people also. She treated us in the same way with so much care for every little thing. Well, Anina, for 37 years, I was a six-year-old child for her. 
as long as mother was there in a physical presence, my childhood had not ended. During that time though also, Jaya, in your association with her and the way in which you cared for her, yeah. you spent such close time with her. Yes, I did. And my understanding is, is that you were her driver. You took her everywhere. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And you also helped with just even her day-to-day, -day, yes. whatever her needs were. Yes. Whether it was her food, yes. uh, in prasad, yes. and every little thing. Yes. And don't you think that all your skills from your, your prior life came into effect here? Well, yes. Yeah. I would say yes. Yeah. Two very important skills. Yeah. One was my driving and one was my camera. Mm-hmm. So some of my driving, you know, initially I knew very little about mother in the beginning, how she travels, how she goes from one place to the other. And I felt that people didn't want to share this aspect of her. So I really didn't know where to go, how to find out. So we had, my mother and I drove to Bhumiya Dharvini, the Ma was there. I had come to know from somewhere that Ma would be moving that day from Bhumiya to Kaji. So I spent the whole night cleaning. It was a November night. I cleaned my car, new foot mats, so on, so forth. My child like mine, whatever I could do, we drove to Bhumiyadar. So it was, we took Prasad, morning Prasad, then we sat with mother, then there was some tea, and, but there was no sign that Ma is going to leave. After lunch Prasad, Ma called me. She said, I will be going to catch you this afternoon. So you better go home before it gets dark. Mm. So I said, oh, this is the opportunity. And I said, Ma, the car is there for you. May I please drive you to Kenchi? This is the first time, you know, I dared to say this. Mm. So she said, no, no, you go home today. Uh, there's a uh, driver, Govardhan. He's a bhakta. And I told him to stop his bus here. And I would be going to Kenji in his bus. So I still remember how my heart just dipped. I must have sunk. Yes. yes, but I didn't show, you know. And um, I did pranam to Ma, Mommy did pranam to Ma. But as I turned my back towards Ma, I couldn't hold my tears. So there was this dip, 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 and I walked out. As I stepped out of the temple veranda and I was going to step onto the road, I looked back and Ma was blaming me. Ma actually ran behind me. Her pallu flew off her head. And you know the bars in the temple, she held onto the bars and her words were, Ja kehdiya, aad se Go, I have said, from now onwards, I will drive in your car. And so it happened. So I had the honor, the privilege, the joy, the everything of being her driver for 37 years. And it was not just here, but the Bhumiyadhar and so to Padrina, to Brindavan, to Pori, and the most beautiful memories of driving her in the mountains and the scenic beauty and mother would enjoy and we would be like little monkeys with her, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that was another thing. The second was my photography. I was, uh, it was my hobbies. I think my first camera came at the age of eight. Again, a birthday present for my grandfather. That's how it started. But that came into use, Nina. 
again is my book. Ma permitted me, which she never allowed anyone, to take photographs of her. Yes, you know. Usually, not in the ashram, but when she was on her retreats, on her travels. So luckily, we have these thousands of memories, and we can revive, we can relive those times through these photographs. And as I speak to you, it is my deep wish to share each of these moments with the world. Moments, I mean photographs. Yes. But I'll take them out slowly sure. so that we can have a little at a time and we we live those moments with her. Sure. Yes. And also, my I know that you have saved precious items of your time with her as she shared with you, that you've held close to your heart. Yes. And that are blessed by her. So, simple, right here is a beautiful photograph you've taken of Ma's feet. And what did you do? Well, you, I think, uh, now, I, Tell I, us about I can see you. See, this was in Kakri Ghat. Yeah. Ma was sitting under the banyan tree, and her two feet, one was here and the other was there on this stone. And it's a beautiful stone. So, I couldn't take my eyes off Ma's feet. And uh, I stood there. After a little while, Ma got up to go up. As soon as her back was done, I picked up the stone and ran by the back way. Here is the stone. Here's the stone. And I put it under the seat in my car. Mm. And so, this is the precious stone. One foot here and the other one here. And we get to bow to this stone. We get to bow to this stone. Similarly, Nina, when we would go out for walks. I loved walking in the woods, in the hills, in the mountains, early in the mornings. And I would really trail behind her and keep her company. And she chose to take me. So that was something very, very, I would say, I was very blessed. And she would show me herbs. And she loved flowers. She would pick wild flowers and show me the petals, see how God has made them. Say, we forget God, we forget his creation. And she'll give the flower to me. And Nina, I saved each one of them. Each fawn that she picked, each pebble that she picked and showed me Hanuman's face or Ram on it. I saved them all. And they are here with me. So we call it the archive, Mars archive of Mars relics. It is here with me in Mars house in Peter. It has almost everything that she ever touched or blessed or wore or was a part of her. So I'll tell you, uh, we were in, in Pori on Ekantras. And Ma, it was right, the house was right in the interior. Can you explain just what Ekantras is? Ekantras is like after, uh, I see my book, uh, Ma would go take off for a retreat into the mountains. After she had had it. After, after the big Pandra, June Pandala. Many reasons for this. The the staff needed rest. The ashram needed cleaning up and all. And if Ma stayed on, the, the people would keep pouring and there was no stopping to it. And then the mothers were also tired. And we who were with her, we deserved a, 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 a change. Sure. So, so we loved it. We waited all the year for this. So where was that? You were telling me about Ikanta's body. Yes, so Ma strained her ankle. Now, there was no medical aid or anything, no doctors around, and we had no bandages also somehow, nothing was ever. 
later years we did carry a first aid kit, but then we were what we were. <laughs> so somebody, some local man suggested that you take, I think it was oak wood ash, and apply warm ash on the the strain of the injury and wrap it at night and remove it in the morning. So we, we burned some wood and we got that ash fitted it and applied it on Ma's ankle and put a bandage and she slept at night. So there were five, six of us and I don't remember who, but they opened the bandage next morning and they were going to throw the ash. So I put my hands for that, give it to me. So that ash that was on a part of her body for almost 12 hours is here with me as well as the bandage. For me, it's something very, very, very precious. And it is here with us. So similarly, we have not lost anything of hers. It's all there. Some of Maharaji's things collected by Ma, given to me over the years. Like Ma collected dust from beneath. Maharaji sat on a heap of sand in Bindawan. And so when Maharaji got up, Ma collected the, the, the sand in her pallu. And she saved it in Vrindavan and later yes, she gave it to me to take care of it. So that sand from Maharaji's feet is here. Dust from Mataji's feet, which I collected over time on the banks of Ganga and other places, is here. So we have a huge big treasure. It's such an expression of reverence and devotion. Something that is very unique actually to, I think, here in the East. It's very beautiful. It was anything that I did, Nina. Uh, it was inspired by her. I was an instrument. Don't think worthy in any way. But yes, she chose me. So Jaya, you know, in my time with Ma, and I think many people have felt this actually, you know, often we would go for darshan and we want to prepare something good and appropriate to ask her and and whatnot. And many a time we would ask a question and she may not even actually really answer it and say something completely different. Why? Because she saw what actually was going on. She could see into our hearts and she would answer the question that we hadn't even thought to ask. And only when we heard what she had to say did we realize that that's really what we were looking to know. So this feels to me like an expression of her divine intuition and insight into us. And do you have some stories like that to share? Yeah, there were, there were thousands of happenings yeah. like this. So we really, you know, it was like an accepted thing for us that mother knows and mother's intuition is beyond, beyond, beyond everything. And so many people would come to Ma and receive whatever they had probably thought of, nothing wished for, without having to ask for it. This was happening all the time. A very small um, memory comes to my mind. There's the picture of Hanumanji and uh, Bhagwan Sri Ram embracing each other. It's a beautiful picture. And it is uh, one of these photographs are framed in Ma's kuti in which she lived in Kenji. And I love that picture. And I wanted to get a small one for my own personal puja altar. So it happened that I was going to Priyag. And uh, and Ma had told me to go to Priyag and Chitikut. That time, Ma was not accompanying me. 
though she said she'd meet me there. Mm. So that was the biggest charm of my going there. But um, there was I with this photograph in my mind, this photo in my mind. So I went from shop to shop. There were huts by the bank of Ganga. They were selling these pictures. And it's a common one. So I must have gone about 25 of these uh, little huttons where the pictures were being sold. But I couldn't find that photo. Eventually, we went to Chitrakoot and back we came. A month later, perhaps I came to Kenji. And Ma was standing besides Maharaji's tucked on the veranda. As I came in, I always ran in. I never walked into Ma. So I ran in. There was she standing outside, which was absolutely wonderful. And I climbed the, the steps to do pranam to her. And I noticed that she has something in her hand which she's holding on close to her heart. And as I bowed at her feet and I get up and she hands me the picture and she says, Take, is this what you were looking for? And it was that picture of Hanuman and Ramji embracing each other. So it's a small example, yet it's a big thing. And this is not me. This is this is happening day and night. Yeah, yeah. So you explained something, you described something to me once that happened in the middle of the night. Yes, that also was all pervasive. Yeah. Omniscient, something, you know. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, I'll tell you. I'm, in Mars today, this was Mahatadi's Takat. Jivanti Mataji stuck. I was sleeping on the floor in the center between two of them. So, like the baby of the family. <laughs> so I was asleep there. So, and normally, the mothers were quiet once they were in a kuti and they wouldn't take long to really fall asleep. So I suddenly Mataji gets up and it must have been about two at night or well past midnight. And she just puts her hand on her forehead and she says, so such a big catastrophe, such a big calamity, so many have died, such destruction all over, many children have died. There's a big earthquake, there's a big earthquake. So to my human mind, I said, no, no, ma. Everything is fine. There's no earthquake here. Everything is fine. And now my thought process inside is that Ma is having a nightmare. You know? So I said, Nahi nahi ma, nothing. Kush nahi wa, kush nahi wa. Everything is fine. Bhukam bhi nahi ma, no earthquake. Ma so jayenge. Nahi nahi, nahi nahi. Bhaut bura ho gaya, bhaut bura ho gaya. She sat for a while, but she was very disturbed. Then after a while, she chose to lie down. I lay down too. But she didn't sleep, and neither did I. Now, because that was back in the 80s, there were no phones, there were no wireless, or any communication means like that. In the morning, perhaps the bus, the first bus is coming via Kenji, mm -hmm. and people getting off. They came. They brought the news. They brought the news that there was a massive earthquake in Uttarakhand, and the entire civilization, civilization there had been reduced to rubble. And you didn't have that experience. The earthquake hadn't reached where you were. No, there were no tremors, no nothing, no indications whatsoever. Whatsoever, nothing. 
So Ma was, sometimes her mood was changed, you know. And we couldn't fathom the reason why this is happening. Even the look on her face would change. And that would worry. But obviously, she was somewhere else. She was not with us. She was, she was redeeming mankind somewhere else. No? That's it. Every time that we went to see Ma, and you know, Maharaji Bhaktas would also say that when they sat there, he would throw fruit at them constantly. Yeah. So when we would come to the ashram, same thing, we would go to see Ma, and she would share stories about Maharaji, she would ask us about ourselves, and then the prasad would come, and we would have loads of fruit, and uh, whatever was just passed, what was brought in was passed along to us. And over the years, you know, we have um, felt that generosity, that blessing that we received from the prasad that was given to us. And I just, it always felt like there was enough for everybody. How, how was that experience for you? So, Nina, let's start with Maharaji. So, Maharaji would always say, I don't know anything. I'm the Baba who gives prasad. Then he would em emphasize the sanctity of prasad, saying that consecrated food has the power to transform the heart. Prasad say, Hirde Parivartan Hota hai. How is food consecrated for people to understand? So we call it bhog. So whatever is, uh, oh, whatever food comes, it is first placed in front of the deity. Yes. And you, you pray to them, you invoke them to partake of it and thereby sanctify it and receive it as their grace in the form of food. Is that okay? Yes. So that way. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, I remember reading somewhere that Ma Sharda would say that some energy comes and permeates the prasad in the process of bhog. And therefore, the prasad is... It's, how it it's, its, own it, it, it's like powered food. Yes. So that way. So in Maharaji's time, or we uh, all know that Maharaji would throw apples and jalebis and whatever, everything, in the whole day, the Sukhruvan. In Ma's time, the number of visitors increased many fold. So it was really organized. And Ma, but Ma was very particular that everyone who came to Kaji received prasad, no matter what it was. But prasad would be there for everyone. And one of the attributes of divine I would say, especially of, I think, the goddess Lakshmi, it's Sri that is abundance, auspiciousness, prosperity, plenty. And that was always around Ma. So you were on this side of the curtain, we were behind the curtain. There was nothing that was ordered. The sweets weren't ordered, the fruit wasn't ordered. It just poured in. People brought them, some gifts aspired to offer whatever, and that came into a room which is called the Prasadi. And that was brought forth. And Ma's hand in the soul was always giving, 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 the whole day long she was giving. At the end of the day, she would walk back when she was done with everyone. And there were there were big containers which was we would store the fruit that came, say apples and plums and apricots and so on. And she'd open the lid, lid and she would say, Oh, what a relief. Bada chain padya. Khali ho gaya. Khali ni karoge to bharoge kese. If you don't empty it, 
how will you fill it? And there is always abundance. I have spoken about Jivanti Mataji. She would intuitively order the amount of prasad for the visitors that would arrive the next day to feed them. Or to feed them. How do I know tomorrow 1,000 come or tomorrow 2,000 come? But there is always enough. And also, which is Puri's mainly, Puri's and a little would be left over, which mother would keep in the dood kakshis, I call it, and in the evening, all the little children in the ashram would come, Ma bhok lagi, Ma bhok lagi. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And so Ma would send out that bucket of puris for the children. So much forethought. So much forethought, so much love. Yeah. Such a personal touch yeah. from such a high soul, you know. She never, she never, you know, maintained a level. She was with us all the time. That was mine. I think we could keep talking about mine endlessly, as we have. <laughs> but um, I'm so happy that you shared some of these times, you know, um, with us in the book. So we look forward to all of you reading these stories in the book. One last question. Sure. What would you say is the greatest gift that mine gave you? Oh, Nina. The thing is this, what was it that she didn't give me? If you want another line to it, it was a life that she gave me. For if you say it merits earned in many lives that would culminate in this. To live and love mother. She was my guru, she was my guide, she was my soul. She was also my best friend. <laughs> so thank you all for joining us uh, in this journey with Jaya Prasada and her time with Ma. And, and I'm so honored that you shared this with us, Jaya. I had the honor of being with Ma off and on for short periods of time but somewhat regularly from 1998 to 2017. And we've all longed to hear more about Ma that we couldn't see. And I'm so grateful that we've been able to have a peek into the depth and the expansiveness of her life. You know, we couldn't put our finger on it, but her mere presence made it very clear to us that she is the source, she is the mother, she is Jagatan, that's my feeling. And I'm sure many of, for many of you this resonates. Thank you so much for joining us. The um, details about where you can find the book will be in the text for this podcast, but they are going to be able to be ordered from Amazon.com in the digital format. And also the print version will be available very soon. So please stay tuned for that. Thank you, Nina. Thank you, Jaya.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now.